The biggest lesson I learned from producing um, for Bill Moyers is really super easy and clear. Um, short story. So Bill is such a great guy uh, and so well read. His, he had bookshelves lined his office and I was so lucky to get to work there. Um, I just did this little piece there about a theater artist named Ping Chong uh, who does these uh, series he's still doing called Undesirable Elements. It's about marginalized people and this one was about uh, child war refugees and so I kind of followed that process and told a story about it. Um, but so I came into the office at WNET, that's where his offices were, and uh, on a Saturday to like catch up on logging footage and stuff and he came in to get a book off his shelf and he said, oh hello Brad, you know, what are you doing this fine afternoon? And I said, you know, I'm catching up on the footage sir, blah blah blah. And he didn't say anything, he said, well have a good afternoon and he left. And that morning in everybody's email inbox was this beautifully written soliloquy on why we should work hard during the week and we should spend time with friends and family on the weekend. It was about work-life balance, right? And um, he never mentioned that he saw me at the office or anything like that. So I actually took that with me to uh, try to be an advocate for work-life balance as now I have employees and want to try to create a culture and you know sometimes we don't succeed and sometimes we do but I was always touched by that. I learned the opposite lesson working for Frontline and let me be clear it wasn't Frontline I mean we were working on a Frontline but my boss who I won't name was insane and she would pit people against each other she lied to our editor, she put people into profoundly uncomfortable positions um, around work decisions and she never let you out of the office and expected you to be on call 24 7. Um, I can tell you like on the road I'd be sound asleep and she'd knock on my door for ridiculous reasons. Um, I was dating my wife back then and I would have to sneak out and go to a park in Little Italy near our office to share a sandwich with my wife so that, well, my girlfriend at the time, so that we could see each other, you know, during the day. I was working late at night all the time and uh, it was crazy. And I really learned what not to do as a boss in the future from my boss on that frontline job. Uh, which is not to say like one of the great things was I got to meet uh, the folks at Frontline and you know now Rainey Aronson who I met way back then when she was a producer is now running Frontline um, and you know we keep talking about trying to get a project to work together so yeah but what I learned from that experience was how, how what, what not to do as a boss if I ever emerged as a boss one day. I feel like if I have a voice as a filmmaker, it's, it's not so much a voice, it's more that what I value most is access and intimacy. Um, so I feel like what people get when they see a film I've made usually is, um, is uh, to go really deep inside the lives of the subjects in the film um, and for people to share things in the film that um, that they might not normally share. I mean, my, some of my films look really good, some of my films look really bad. I don't know that we, it, you know, so it just depends on budget. Um, so I don't know that there's like a strong visual 
language there kind of depends on the story. Um, there are Jews here, I think, is the most beautifully shot film that I've ever made. And that all credit goes to Jason Longo, our cinematographer, who just has a profound gift for cinematography. And, you know, he always would just say, like, give me long enough for B-roll days. You know, a lot of times filmmakers and documentary will just like, okay, we have a few hours at the end of the day, let's go get some B-roll. And for that film, we would spend full days, you know, in the different locations, um, just constructing shots. And it really paid off. Um, you know, I shot a lot of my own work for a while um, until my eyes started to kind of go bad and, and I got kind of too busy to be out in the field all the time. So like for As Goes Janesville, I'm actually really proud of how it looks. I shot almost all of that film myself, um, which I really loved because it was um, so many shoot days with our characters and, um, and we were very intimate with them. Um, you know, I was filming in Gail Listenby's bathroom while she got ready for work and uh, in Cindy's kitchen and on the road with Tim Cullen when he was leaving the state of Wisconsin to protest the collective bargaining um, proposal from Governor Walker and, and of course with Governor Walker when he said he had a plan to divide and conquer the unions. I mean, all that stuff I was shooting, you know, four feet away from my subjects with a small camera and I would always kind of invoke Kevin Keating, the guy who gave me my first job, who used to shoot for Barbara Koppel. Um, he would always kind of use his hands to demonstrate how you slowly move and exercise patience and not try to play ping pong between people when they're having a conversation, but to think about what the subtext of a conversation is and how to shoot for that. Um, how to like, if you really pay attention to subtext, you can be on a person before they react to something in the conversation. You can predict it, and then those are priceless moments. Um, you know, Colin Seitzma, who has done some shooting for us, has a moment like that in our upcoming film about my friend Claude, who got shot. Um, and we followed the whole story of the juvenile justice system with the boy who shot him and, and Claude's recovery from getting shot. And there's a moment after the sentencing of that boy, Nathan, when we follow his mom, who's distraught, to say the least, in the hallway of the courthouse. And then Colin, you know, I had sort of planned it with him. You know, I want you to stay on her, be patient, but then go and turn around and look for Claude's reaction. And he does it and he lands on Claude at this profound moment in his face. And, you know, those are the moments. I mean, in documentary, I think there's different kinds of documentary, of course, but uh, when you're doing verite, it's so important to really be uh, looking for the emotional story in your characters' faces and in what they're saying. Um, so I don't know that it's like a strong, it's not like I'm Errol Morris and, you know, I have wide shot interviews and, um, and uh, you know, in Terratron interviews or like, you know, the credit sequence for his new series or something like that. Um, but I will say that I'm, I'm starting to develop a real desire to get involved with scripted work too and have a project that may go that's, that's um, someone else's directing, but I would be a producer and, um, and it has the potential to be really strong visually. So 
uh, I am looking for opportunities to, you know, do those kinds of things as well.